2: Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock, bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Hello, and welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields and I have here with me Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean?
3: Hola. I am good. How are you?
2: I am wonderful, or wondermos, as I've been known to say.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, this week we have with us a very special guest. Mama Webb is with us. Hi, Hi Mama. Howdy.
3: Yay. Howdy.
2: Welcome.
1: I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to be on your show and
3: to speak about stuff. Well, we like speaking about stuff, and we're glad to have you. Thank So yeah. glad to have you. We're looking forward to it tonight. Yay. yay. We use that word do a lot, that. huh?
2: I do. Yes, yay. I use it all the time. <laughs> I, I type it often, and and then there's the little Skype party fellow with the little party flute thing in his mouth. I always figure that means yay.
3: <laughs> oh, the dancing dude.
2: Yeah, yeah. It means yay. Yay.
3: Yay. Okay. So, for those of you who um do not know Mama Webb, we're gonna ask her a typical question um, but we're gonna do it politely this time
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey mama so <laughs> hey mama Who are you? what the heck do you do?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh okay, um well,
1: I am a spiritual director um this basically means I've gone to school for a program called spiritual direction, and uh I do sound healing, I do uh, spiritual cleansing, I do ritual scripting, yeah, I kind of do all kinds
2: of things
1: that are out there in woo-woo.
2: <laughs> a little woo-woo?
1: A little bit, yeah.
2: It's, a little woo-woo is good for what a ails you, woo-woo. in my book. Yeah. Woo-woo.
3: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. With lots of woo-woo, that's very Indeed.
3: Good. I was just going to say, is woo-woo the same thing as woo hoo? Because it sounds as be the same thing as woo hoo. We could let it be. Should be. Right on. Love it. Um, Okay. Well, so I guess let's talk about the first exciting thing, which is your name, Mama Webcat. Where does that come from, honey? Okay. So uh,
1: first thing is the Mama Web is, because my last name is Web, obviously. But the mama comes from the sort of uh, grandmother spider energy. I'm not quite old enough to call myself a grandmother or any of that, but um, I definitely have that sort of mama vibe, and it's something that's been with me for most of my life. So when I was coming up with, like, business names and stuff like that, that's the first thing that, that popped into my mind was, was obviously the mama web thing.
2: Cool. That's cool. And grandmother... Grandmother Spider is... Uh, of course, we have a lot of aware listeners, so they they may know, but...
1: Well, Grandmother Spider is... Uh, well, is said to be the creator or creatrix of the universe. Um, and she's one of the, the, I guess, energies that I work with most often.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, she's basically... She spun creation into existence for us. She sang the song that created everything, so... I work with her a lot and uh I owe her a great deal of thanks
2: mm
1: excellent mhm yeah.
2: yeah i owe i owe uh, more thanks than I could count to all of my guides and internal uh uh compasses direction finders and Head bashers.
3: Sometimes
2: sometimes I need a little head bashing just to get my attention.
3: Don't feel. Oh, so true. And and, and and Grandmother Spider has how many legs
2: to bash with? Yes.
3: <laughs> so she can bash and keep spinning while she's at it. Um so I have um a favorite word that you use cuz you have you have a website and you also have um a Facebook page and you do you do one-on-one work with people um but there's there's a, a favorite word that you use that um you know really just kind of makes me smile every time i hear it um and we we too, introduced too. yes Rick to we introduced you in the last show as the queen of shenanigans so I'd I'd love to talk to you first of all where you know how why did you start using the word shenanigans and I mean most of us know what it means but um, a large part of your work is is really about that word isn't it well for me in my personal life
1: um, I've come upon two words that I really love and one of them is uh, shenanigans and the other is satyagraha And um, I kind of find that these two work together. And when we're looking around at the world, we see things and we're told not to be judgmental about them. And that's okay. But the problem is, is then we give up our sense of discernment. And when we give up our sense of discernment, then we don't actually have that internal gauge telling us this is safe or this is not safe. And, When I call shenanigans, it personally means that somebody out there, I feel, could be in danger by, you know, me not saying something. So I feel in those cases that, you know, it's an appropriate term, it's an appropriate word for what's actually happening, you know. But it's also sort of whimsical and says, okay, this is what the situation is, how do we change it? So it's not like, you know, I'm putting blame on it. I'm saying that there is something here that needs to be looked at. And I think to me that's what that word really means.
3: And I think that's maybe why we love the word so much because the energy around the word and your usage of it, um, it's really whenever I hear you say it, I, there's there's a lot of people still that I interact with who are, you know, ah we got to stop them from doing that, and that group is doing this, and this group is doing this. And, and sometimes I will actually, oddly enough, take offense at the people who are calling out the people who are causing problems as much as I would take offense to the people who are calling problems. Until I go to your wall and see a post, I'm calling shenanigans on, and it's always, it, it, it's, it has just, like you said, a whimsical feel to it, but it's, it's a, okay, I'm calling your attention to this, take it or leave it. Pretty I'm much. not putting it in your face and saying you have to act on this. I'm just saying it's there. Be aware. Moving on.
1: Pretty much.
2: Right. And yeah. I usually
1: follow it up with the comment, you know, please pray for the situation. But mostly it's just to draw the attention to these situations because as we are evolving, more and more light is coming to the world, which means we see more of the dark places that were hidden from us before. So, us to just ignore them, I think, is just as bad as, you know, trying to rush in and save everything. We need to kind of discern that for ourselves, and that's why, you know, the term shenanigans is kind of there, and the graha to go with it, which is once you see something, you speak it, you bring the attention to it, but it's up to each person to follow their wise heart. Sorry, I got kitties running around. <laughs> <laughs> we like and
2: for each person to use their discernment and their guidance because what might be valid for one's path might not for another and
1: absolutely absolutely um, and that's the big big thing and that's the thing with me calling shenanigans is that i'm calling a lot of shenanigans on people who use the word guru who who put people on pedestals who would rather give their, their power to somebody else so they don't have to be personally responsible. Um, and and to be honest, I find that that's a lot of what I call shenanigans on, just people not following their own wise heart and soul and being because nobody is going to be able to tell you what's real other than you and your
3: heart. Absolutely. And that is such, such a key element. Um, I, I've been known especially recently to to really just get up on my soapbox about the whole word guru. <laughs> Don't use yes. it in my presence. What is this guru yeah. word you get speak? Get that word
2: off my planet.
3: Take it take it away, take it away, take it away. I mean it sounds cool, guru, goo, yeah. but it's kind of gooey.
2: It's a it's a marketable word, it's, you know. Yeah. Guru.
1: Well, I think we're all coming to this point where all of this life that's being added to the world, we are being asked to be leaders, but we each need to learn how to lead our own lives first. You know, like, you can't lead anybody else. You just need to lead your own life and and help people when they ask for it and support the people around you. You know, and those are the big, big things. It's like working on community, working on compassion, and working with Great Mama. Those are our big things that we have to do. That's what we're here to learn. That's what we're here to be and love.
2: Absolutely. I I, I took the liberty of looking up shenanigan. <laughs> uh, and, and there are some words in their synonyms list that, you know, uh, wickedness. And I don't know that I'd go that far. But they also have some great words like buffoonery and monkey business. <laughs>
3: That's,
1: awesome.
2: that's and, and awesome, buffoonery would be good, I think, and I, I love like mon- the
1: monkey business as well because that's uh that's one of my totems that I work with a lot, and actually yeah
2: <laughs> monkey business, monkeying, and monkey shines mm-hmm. they have the all three in there
3: mm-hmm.
2: so um <clears throat>
3: oh, buffoonery, I love it,
2: I yes. love it, yes, buffoonery,
3: so we're adding that to our vocabulary, you know part <laughs> part of part of part of our selfish reason for bringing Mama Webcat on the show
2: <laughs>
3: is because we've been known to use the term um, often lately. And so yes. I'm going to use it one more time just because, okay. you know, for old time's sake, bullshit. Um,
2: but I call bullshit.
3: I call bullshit. Um, but but because we're entering um, a space where, you know, I I – Personally, and I, I think Mama might as well, um, I'm, I don't know about Rick, but I know he's got at least one. But I personally, on my Facebook, am honored and privileged enough to um, have teenagers on my friend's mm-hmm. list. And and I, I mean Several. that with the, in the most respectful way because for them to allow um, somebody in my position who's a mom – and you know an adult into their private Facebook world is for me huge um which means also that of course they're occasionally listening to what I say, what i write um to our shows, and you know we we need to come up with more appropriate terminology <laughs> i think
2: well um, and i think I think shenanigans brings a feel with it too that it is is he lovely does. and uh, buffoonery does too, as long as you don't let it devolve into the person that did that is a buffoon, it's, it, it's sort of separating the behavior from the person mm-hmm. a little, yeah. uh, because, uh, people's behavior and reactions can be habit. They can be ingrained, trained, conditioned, or conscious. And, uh, uh I think all really we're asking is people to be conscious, um, uh, in the moment of what it is you're doing. And uh, I know for myself that if I'm really moving towards, you know, just sort of in my good place and moving towards the goals that I've set, the general direction I've set, things come up and it just is easy to just look right at them and go, oh, shenanigans, and they just kind of go away. Mm
1: -hmm. It feels better.
2: Whereas if you grab them and process them and fix them, they're like all of a sudden they're the abominable snowman and you can't win. And um, which was it Abraham likes to talk about I'm gonna get this and wrestle it to the ground and kill it, <laughs> and then they say, "How's that working out for you <laughs> <laughs> and um uh, whereas shenanigans is more like, Oh, really, oh, well, nice <laughs> <Next. Yeah.
1: laughs> that's that's so. the whole light that I use it in anyway, at you know and and to be honest, I think it's a good word. Because like I said before, it really does just draw the attention and then okay, that's it. You make your own discernment. It's your wise heart. Go forth. And
3: and right. the other word, and, and as a writer I gotta say, as much as I love saying the word <laughs> it took me a while to figure out how to write it. Um the other word, which I still can't pronounce, so can you say it again, one more time? So um, Satyagraha, see there's a little ha in there, I like that too, uh, Satyagraha, um, which which leads us into the next, you know, the next little topic that I want to discuss with you is um, your Facebook group that you've opened is called the, um, tribe of the
1: Satyagraha Superheroes,
3: right, and originally it was called the Tribe of the Spiritual Orphans, right? That's right.
1: Um, um, so th- and there was a point where we came to in our evolution where since we had found each other, nobody felt like they were any longer orphaned. So we decided that a name change was needed and uh, that's what I came up with and we voted on it and everybody seemed to like it. So that's, that's what the tribe is now
3: called. Tribe of heroes so where Superheroes. So where did the idea of um, spiritual orphans come from and then how did it How did you evolve it into Satyagraha? Ha ha, I learned how to say it.
1: Superheroes. Well, it originally started from the fact that my entire life I felt like I was, I don't know, at least awake. I don't know if I really like the word enlightened because I don't really feel that I am because we've all got light and dark inside of us and it's like what we do with it. And so anyways, I found that I was kind of switched on at an early age. And when I looked around, I started realizing that I was not the only person who felt this way. But it felt like we were all sort of just dropped on this planet at this time um, to be the change. And a lot of us, you know, there's a lot of different terms for the spiritual orphans. Some of them call like indigo children or rainbow children or crystal children. Um, None of those terms really sat with me, and I kind of studied them in my course that I took, but again, none of them really sounded like me, um, because I didn't fit into one of those categories once all that happened. Um, So at the end of the day, I had to come up with my own term, and I found out shortly thereafter that there was a book written called Spiritual Orphan, so... um,
3: but I'm also going to be working on a book called Spiritual So Always the confirmation, eh? It yeah. has to come after the fact. <laughs> yeah, and that was the thing. It's like I
1: felt like I was spiritually orphaned, like I was put here as a spiritual being, awake at, you know, the age of five, kind of going, what's going on? Nobody else is aware of the stuff that I'm aware of. And either I'm nuts or there's something else going on. And for a long time, I thought it was. I thought I was completely nuts. And... It took me a while to figure out that these were my guides, that this was a normal process. But I had to study. I had to study for 15 years, and still studying now, I'll study till the day I die, because there's no way I'm going to know everything.
2: No, no end. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's interesting the 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 term spiritual orphans. I know that uh, uh, Jeffrey Hoppe and Adamas, who he channels, have uh, written a piece and 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 gave, given some long talks about. Uh, what they call the lost children, um, who, you know, as you say, were born awake yeah. and then could feel the judgment from those around them, even perhaps before they were speaking much, maybe three, mm-hmm. age three, age four, age two even. even—and uh, But that somewhere in there, four to seven, um, they often, by feeling that being judged wrong, for showing their light and, and 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 having that uh that they uh, imposed upon themselves a a trauma uh perhaps physical often emotional uh, to cause that to turn inward and and hide their light and that those are one that's one of their interests is in locating lost children and helping them uh back to themselves And uh, sounds very similar to what uh, what you're talking about. That really blows
3: my mind because you just sent that to me, and I totally did not equate that writing with the spiritual orphans. But when I met Mama Webb, because I got lucky enough to get to meet her in person before Mm. we both moved out of the city we were living in, um, you know, spiritual orphans really rang true for me. Like really, really rang true. It was like ha. hey, you're a sister. You know, it was like almost immediately. I, okay, right. that's, that's, a, that's a trigger phrase that lets me know that I can trust you because you've been there and you get it and it's okay and I'm safe with you. And that, I mean, that came at a time, I, I met mama shortly at a time when I was very vulnerable. So, um, you know, and it we have to send her that write,
2: writing. <laughs> I, I, I certainly will. That. Yeah. Because
1: so
3: sure. um, that's exactly what what I'm
1: working on right now. And, like, that's the thing. I want to kind of write a handbook to help these, you know, people find their own path. Because the thing is, is that you look at these al- alternate paths and you look at, you know, even paganism or Wicca or whatever, and we go, okay, you know, that's that's separate from what we've been, you know, raised in. But it's still not me. You know, it's still not where I am. It's still not what I'm about. It's like I'm cross-cultural, cross-platform. I just go with what my spirits tell me. You know, I don't have a particular teacher. You know, I found that life was my teacher, (laughs) you know, and I don't subscribe to the belief that you need a particular book or tool or teaching. It's all inside and it's all, you know, there.
3: And I, I agree because that was my biggest challenge, and still, even to this day, I still have friends who will bring me stuff and say, you have to read this, you have to read this, you have to read this. And I keep trying to explain to them, I'm a writer who writes from experience and from the feelings and, you know, that running dialogue in my head, which might sound strange to some people still, but I have a running dialogue in my head. That's where I write from. I don't want to study a particular – I've studied a lot of them, but never in-depth enough to get sucked in and follow that. You know, I can never go far enough to go, yes, that's the answer, because it never feels like one thing is the answer. It's all fascinating. It's so fascinating all these tools and different belief systems and, and the backgrounds and the histories of the religions. And it fascinates me and I don't feel uncomfortable in the energy of any of them, but I don't feel like I fit in.
1: That's with. spoken like a true spiritual orphan. That whole,
3: that whole dialogue
1: right there was the spiritual orphan experience right there.
2: That's it. <laughs> That's the one.
1: That's it, baby. That's the whole thing. And there's so yeah. many of us who, you know, have been told, no, you need to follow this or you need to do this or you need to learn this or, you know, oh, your life will be so much better if you experience this. Or, And the thing is, is that only your spirit will know and your spirit will lead you. Just ask. Just say, you know, please put me into the places and situations where I am to be, you know, where I can learn, where I can grow, where I can heal. And The gods, without
3: fail, will put you there. Always. Just ask. See, it's so. Just ask. How many different? How many ways? How many different ways? And this is what I love about this show: is that by next year, I am determined to have had every single guest say that at least once on our show in so many different ways, coming from so many different backgrounds, experience, belief systems, and the same statement. Always, it's the same. Just
2: Somewhere in the hour. Is ask. Just ask. Just ask.
3: Pretty much. That's
2: and how then, it works. then you have to do the trust part. Yeah. You have to just ask. Yeah. But, but that's almost a different
1: well, chapter
2: in different. the book and journey and uh, the logbook of the journey. <laughs> um, I like that uh, there's a quote that I enjoy uh, that talks about I'm not a teacher Uh, I'm just a fellow traveler, and you asked me the way, so I pointed ahead of you, which is also ahead of me. Mm -hmm. I don't. I'm no expert. I'm no. You just said which way's town, and I that way where I'm going. Over, I think. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. I'm under the impression I'm going that way, but um, because it can be, um, particularly, I found after after squishing it smushing it pressing it down for a long time it, it it can be very odd feeling it because it's different and and not because it's better or worse or it's just different but it's very it feels very unusual when you and your brain chatters away with you know this can't be and uh because i i was given a lot of science and engineering to occupy my brain and keep it busy um uh, Because I I kept being found at like age three, rewiring light switches (laughs) and um, uh, doing tests on subjects I'd never studied and outscoring everybody else that took the test and and weirdnesses that were, well, I got started taking, my parents would take me to places to test my mental abilities and, and it became pretty clear pretty quick that. You know, When you add that together with mom coming into the room screaming, what are you doing with the wires? And me then being terrified because she said, leave them like that. And I knew she didn't understand them and was probably going to hurt herself. Um, And so I just wanted to finish. But it, it became pretty clear to me pretty fast that what I was doing, which to me was sort of more, you know, in retrospect looking back, was just sort of more who I was, had been judged as unacceptable. And so then I tried to conform myself to uh, a picture, that, uh, and it was a picture I picked up at four, five, six, seven years old, of what was perfect, and then tried to do that, be that, and uh, uh, it leads to a lot of, uh, at least with myself and several of my friends, it can lead to trying to push it down and hide hide from yourself can lead to drugs and alcohol and many other ways to try to keep yourself calm with the fact that because it's not a, it's not comfortable
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's maybe not urgent but it's not comfortable and so you just always have that burr under your saddle and uh anyway again you have to stop me i'm sorry yeah <laughs> shows into shows about myself but
3: he he will ramble on but that's okay i have i have the same experience
1: like this is the thing we this is part of the experience of a spiritual orphan um i my mother she read um to me the chrysalids at about the age of you know seven or eight you know and the chrysalids is about these group of children who can communicate telepathically and they were different and they were hunted and all kinds of bad stuff happened to them and it was really, really scary. And it was impressed upon me at a very early age that, you know, you keep the weird stuff under, you know, perhaps and you keep that quiet, but I was able to witness, you know, some pretty weird energy stuff that I didn't have an explanation for. And, you know, I did try to shut that off, you know, and it, I don't have, you know, necessarily the journey of like, you know, drugs and alcohol and all that, you know, but I did have the the depression. I had a very severe depression, you know, thinking that I was always wrong, that there was always something wrong with me. So again, it didn't go to necessarily the same places, but, you know, it still was there. It still needs to be acknowledged that that's part of this particular path. You have this painful awakening. When you go through the awakening, things get weird and you do your best, and you come through it on the other side, having learned a lot about yourself, and also you're learning how to see the world in a different way. The world hasn't changed, but your eyes are open to, to seeing things with compassion, because you've been in a painful place, you know? And that's sort of the hidden side of, of these painful moments, is that you do learn compassion and discernment, and your soul gets wise, and your heart gets healthy and strong, and you know, you're able to make better choices.
3: So I, um, but taking that one step further, because I, because you and Rick both at a very early age, and for me it was the same thing, except for um, much to the dismay of all my Christian friends who are listening. I'm sorry, guys, but they gave me. Um, I grew up in a Christian home where, you know, my first reading material was was a kid Bible. Um, a series of kids' Bibles books, and and I think the most trouble I probably ever got into when I was, you know, I was listening to my mom read me a bedtime story, and from one of the books, and I kind of looked at her and said, "That's not the way I remember it," <laughs> and she was just like, "All right, well, we're not going to talk about this anymore." <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: mom went and had a drink. Um. So, but.
2: Yes, sometimes it can lead those around you to the drugs and alcohol just by having to look at us, but I oh, don't know, I'm just kidding.
3: It, it, it's more than possible, given my mom's track record with drugs and alcohol, um, but I, I went down the drug and alcohol path as well, and the depression issues, and and anger uh. issues, anger was a, was a big thing, and I'm just wondering, because because Rick, you, you went through you went through it, moma, um, you went through it, we've all been through our struggles, you talked to a lot of people who are coming out now and they're talking about the struggles that they went through but we're also talking to a lot of people now who are saying that these struggles are no longer necessary so this new generation of amazing beings um and again you know i mean mom i gotta say it on the air i love the way that you refer to your amazing daughter who i've also gotten the chance to meet um as a tiny human because that's what they are as the minute they come out they're a tiny human they get it they're connected already you know, um, they forget maybe that they're connected because of conditioning and all this other stuff. But when they they come out, they're they come out connected and aware. So as we progress, um, as we become more conscious, more aware, uh, as a society in whole, like the whole global society becoming more and aware and more conscious, are these kids necessarily going to have to go through? these things to learn compassion? Or are they just going to be naturally born with compassion? If we just get out of their way, they will grow with that compassion naturally inside of them and function on that level.
1: I think kids have always been set up that way. I'm going to be 100% honest. I don't think that there's ever been a kid born who came out without that compassion thing switched on. I think that it gets switched off depending on our circumstances or our situations or, you know, what we take internally and what we um, allow to pass by. So I think that, yes, it's entirely possible if we can just get out of the kid's way. But um, I also get, when you ask that question, um, my guides told me to bring up the fact that um, I'm getting very clearly that the old soul groups, like we used to incarnate in a certain soul group to learn a particular lesson those soul groups are changing in the next few incarnations. We will no longer be incarnating with the same group of people that we have been for a long time. So I think to me, that means that we are evolving into a more compassionate uh, place because we don't need the older lessons to teach us compassion. So in a
3: roundabout way, that hopefully answered your question. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. it Because that's, that's how we feel. Um, Um, a lot of the people that I know that I've worked with in the past um, because I'm, you know, I've been introduced to and met them again um, in the present, but that I also know instinctively I won't necessarily be needing to work with in the future. Um, There's been a lot of, a lot of, okay, I know you, I recognize you, um, I'm not going to be with you next time and that's okay. Um, And, And I think, I guess, maybe I'm bringing it up just to get the point across that it is important at this stage to, and I'm not saying by getting out of their way, I'm not saying we got to stop taking care of our children because that's just a a ludicrous thought. Um, They still need to be loved and cared for and, and guided. However, it might be prudent at times to allow them to express that inner inner light when you know i mean my daughter's is, is most famous for looking at me just you know and she doesn't have to say a word anymore she just looks at me with those eyes and you know what's running through her head is really really with everything look. you've seen that look right <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so so and and she'll just you know why are you saying something so silly you know better than that kind of or look
2: at the, at the very least to stop dismissing uh or denigrating these things, you know, with the standard programmed uh not by somebody on purpose, just over centuries of time. Uh the the, the programmed response of, oh that's just your imagination or oh you made that up or mm-hmm. uh,
1: uh and I think that the spiritual orphans do carry some of that knowledge wisdom forward into adulthood. Um I really do feel that we parent our children a little bit differently. The very first day, you know, that I held Bean in my arms, I just looked down at her and I said, you're almost like a real person. And I stopped myself and I was like, oh, my God, you are a real person. You're a whole person. You're a tiny human being. You're a whole being. I have to treat you as such. And that was the very first day looking at her, the first thing that ran through my head. So, you know, again, my guides came and said, no, you know, this is is a whole human being. She's got feelings. She's got emotions. She may not be able to articulate them yet, but she has a whole complex thing inside of her. She's probably, you know, contemplating, you know, quantum mathematics. I don't know, you know, and nobody knows because she's not able to articulate it, but that doesn't mean that she's not thinking
3: it that's the thing like she can she can articulate not not in the sense that you know the average adult might understand her but she was very direct when i met her in her intention with regards to my medicine bag hanging around my hanging around (laughs) my neck um Mm. here's this little tiny human telling me i need into that bag there's a stone in there i need and she she really wouldn't just leave me alone until i opened the bag and laid them all out and she went directly to the stone that she wanted and then you know I was like, okay, but it's sharp, and I have to give it to your mom. And she's nodding. Yes, that's exactly what I want you to do. And what did we find out? It was a stone that you needed later anyways. Yeah, it
1: was a stone that I needed.
2: <laughs> right. And, and she she, she was knew how old in advance, had, um, had the answer before the problem arrived.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. How old was she at the time, Mama? I would say two, two and a half. Okay, so anybody listening, half. anybody listening, this is a two and a half year old child that was not able to say in human uh, English speak, right? Just can't directly tell me, okay, I want that stone for my mom. I know it's in there, so get it for me, please. But through sign language and pointing and and babble and and catching my eye and making eye contact, she was very clear and direct in her um, intentions and her needs.
1: Exactly, and that's the thing. It's about gearing that communications in a different way and i had to learn that with my husband as well he um grew up with asperger's so i don't know if if your audience knows what that is but it's uh it's a form of autism where basically uh you have these social interactions but you don't understand why people are doing the things that they're doing you see the world as kind of like very black and white and you're not under you're not able to understand what, what people mean because they're, you know, I could say, how do you feel? And they'd be like, I don't know. They just wouldn't have that conversation platform, that understanding of, you know, what baseline normal is for, you know, X number of the population. Um, so basically I had to gear the way that I spoke to my husband. I had to learn a different way of speaking to my husband so that when I said something to him, you know, stay close to me, you know, that didn't mean that I wanted him specifically standing two feet away from me at all times. It was just like, I'd like you to keep within eyesight of me. So it's about being very clear in your communication. It's the same thing with children. It's about being very, very clear in what your needs are. I need you to go to your room and play for a little bit so that mama can make dinner is very different than go to your room and play. And that's and yes. the energy. That's the difference. It's, it's the clarity and the understanding of this is why I'm asking you to do this. And I find that sometimes people don't treat their children that way, you know, with the explanation of this is why I'm asking you to do that.
2: Well, and so many of them just are blind to that because they have this idea that they can't understand that. And, of course, there's scientific studies I've seen that, you know, X you know, thought pattern of theories and whatever just cannot be understood by a human brain until it's X years old. Okay. and it's baloney. It's
3: <sighs> baloney. Shenanigans. See. Shenanigans.
2: Shenanigans. 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 It's children understand more than we have ever given them credit for. They all I'm with you on this, Mama, they they always have come that way. Uh the parents that stay together in a loveless relationship or a sham of a relationship for the kids, the kids know and think it's Absolutely work but they don't know how to express that and sometimes when they try to express that they they get into serious trouble because they don't know how to you know gently move into the sub they just you know that's all shenanigans and their parents go rah because they're angry about that anyway
3: mm-hmm.
2: um and um uh, i know it can be a very um uh, interesting experience and i I think it would be, and, and and hope it is being for many, an interesting experience in a different way now where, uh, you know, really if, I don't care if they're one-year-old, two-year-old, if they seem to be sort of set on getting something across to you, at least take a moment and see what, see if you can see what it is. Seems the only loving and respectful thing to do of your child.
1: Pretty much. Like, that's, and, that's the thing. You You've got to be present and aware, and that's, that's what you said at the beginning is uh, that just being present to the particular moment that we're in and acknowledging what's going on, whether that person is, you know, a little tiny person or, you know, a six foot tall person, they're still people. They still have thoughts and feelings.
2: Hmm. It's uh, yeah. It may sound to some, uh, I know it even sounds to my ears sometimes like a very subtle difference. Almost, you know, splitting hairs and semantics, but to me it's the difference it's it, it's all the difference in the world. It it sometimes energy differences do can seem subtle on the surface, but it that slight change of you're a tiny human, not a kid, a baby, uh, is
3: huge. It's huge. It it really is. It is a huge monumental leap in understanding that perhaps it's not the children who can't understand. It's simply that we have not been willing, perhaps, to try and understand them.
1: Well, that's the thing that I say is that my child is my greatest teacher that I've had so far. It's like I've learned more from her than I've learned from any book or any teaching or any anything. You know, she's She's kind of just perfect as is, and I have to, you know, learn how to interact with her, you know. And we don't always get along. Sometimes she throws hissy fits. I mean, she's going through that terrible two thing where everything is no. But the thing is is that that's part of her learning. That's part of her understanding how far she can push in the world, how far it's safe for me to be in the world, how far is it that I can go without Mama telling me no. You know, and that's an important discernment lesson for her. So, like, even though I'm finding it trying, you know, I I know that this is a necessary and healthy step for her. And acknowledging that changes the whole dynamic for me instead of getting as
3: frustrated. What a unique way of looking at the terrible twos. I mean, here's a mother going through terrible twos, thinking in terms of this is not my child being a brat this is my child exploring her boundaries a word it, that we and setting them it's and it's that, my
2: job to be interactive with her and just let her help her find yeah, where they are
3: something that we're telling 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds repeatedly to do in order to establish for themselves their safe area for life who who are you going to allow into your world who are you going to allow out of your world you know set your boundaries something we say often in the work that we do and here is somebody equating um terrible twos with with a setting of boundaries and that's what a fabulous way to look at that
1: it helps alleviate some of
3: it it does like i mean and that's
1: the thing it's like i didn't change the world i didn't change how kids grow up but i can change how i look at it I can change how I process this information, you know, and yeah, it is trying at times and sometimes I lose my, you know, temper and I'm like, you know what, that's enough. But, you know, nine times out of 10, I'm like, okay, why is she trying to figure this part out? What is she trying to push? What is she trying to learn here? How far she can go in this particular venue? You know, and that's, that's really the thing that I find really helps when, when all this stuff is happening
2: And and do you find that, you know, when you sort of get on, hit the nail on the head of, oh, this is what she's trying to figure out the limit on or line on, or this is what she's trying to feel her way around, does it, does she then understand you better once you're speaking sort of her language?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, Again, sometimes she just, she has that toddler thing where she goes into meltdown mode, but. Oh,
2: sure, sure. You know,
1: uh yeah, most often if we can identify kind of what's going on, what is she asking for, what is what is this actually about, um, then then we have at least a better chance of understanding each other. So, yeah, I do find that she responds accordingly when when we can get sort of on the same frequency. But again, it's been thirty years since I've been her age, you know. It's, it's, so it's it's a forgotten difference. some of the details. Yeah, <laughs> I guess,
2: so. and it's different time and different. And a different tiny human, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's another one I I, I hope everyone can, can wrap their brains around is that because you gave birth to a tiny human does not mean that the photocopy machines spit them out, and they're not going to react to everything like you did, and they're not going to think what you think, exactly. because they're them and not you, and the world would be a b- boring place if we had about 10 people, and you just had... 5 million copies of each, you know.
1: Exactly. That would
2: get very tiring and
1: uh Think of a Star uh, Trek I, episode of that?
2: Yeah. Well, what's <laughs> not what the Borg is So, P- so far, sci-fi applies in so many ways. I mean, mm-hmm. what's what uh, Nestor's been uh, on about and 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 a couple of his friends uh in my head when you were talking about learning how to talk to your husband and relate to his reality, and learning how to talk to your daughter and relate to her reality, is that when we people, many people talk about they want to join the Galactic Society. They want the ETs to land and share with us and whatever. But that to to be able to communicate with in in a in an open yet respectful and honoring way with with another race, another civilization. Uh, another species, we can't even do it with each other yet.
3: Yeah, we totally have to learn how and to do it with each other
2: first. When we when we begin to see each person, even though and it's and and again we can end as so much paradox, and I think there's power in paradox that you're getting close to the center when it gets paradoxical, but because we're all one, but at the same time we all have to be seen and respected and loved and supported in being an absolutely unique individual too. Mm-hmm. It's, and 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 when you approach each person almost as if uh, this person is from – people from across the world run into each other in a waiting room and have to wait somewhere, and they strike up grand conversations, but neighbors don't because they don't – they think their neighbor ought to be just like them, and they're not, so they don't like them. But somebody from around the other side of the world, they're not sure how they're supposed to be, so they explore how they are and have a great time, and I think – if you just did that with everybody, you know, no classification of where are you from or anything. It's just, oh, you're a new human that I have not seen. How's your reality? You want to tell me about it? I'll tell you about mine. That you can't hardly have a, you know, these conflicts and hates and things when you approach another being from that standpoint. You know, doesn't matter. They're a little tiny human. they little tiny gray guy. they big, tall biker. Doesn't matter.
1: And they all have a short a story to share. And as long as they're willing to share that story or take part in your story, then, you know, they're what they're there for, right? They, they've served their place in that moment in time. You know, they've shared that part of that story with you.
2: Yeah. Moved again to one of those, you know. What a wonderful world it would be. You
3: know? <laughs> yeah, I just had a. Yeah, I
2: hear the. Ah, I heard I, it over I there. I did.
3: I just had a deep sigh. Oh my goodness, we're getting it. Moment. I love Bye those moment. moments. I do. You know, because I, I really like you know, Wow, frustrating for me has been so many people coming, in, you know, in the past and saying, Ah, they're never going to figure it out. And I'm just like, Who's they not figuring what out? Have you talked to people lately? People are smart. people are smart and they're fascinating and they're amazing, and they they have this wondrous innate, compassionate quality to them um, that just and if you just give them a chance, you know, like just give them a chance i I'm always fascinated by the people who are fascinated at watching me walk through a crowd and watching me smile at strangers and they just never understand, how, you know, and they're like, you just smile at everybody. It's like, of course I smile at everybody. That person's me, that person's me. That person's me. I mean, I have my grumpy days, and I'll scowl. <laughs> but I try to stay in the house on those days because scowling at strangers is not a good idea. Um, but, yeah, every once in a while, I feel a shift. I, I feel I, there's always minute shifts, but every once in a while, I feel a monumental shift in understanding, and that I think that was one of those Tapped in energy moments where I was like, "Oh, I felt that." You know, I mean, that's that's um, for those listening now, those who are going to listen in the future. That something that we said clicked and, and created. Oh, hi, tiny human! Um, created, created just that that's little awesome. subtle shift. And I love those moments. So when I sigh occasionally, that's what that is, guys. I'm mm. sorry. <laughs> oh
2: no, and I but that's why I always call attention to it because I'm over here having one of my jumping up and down,
1: yay moments
2: because <laughs> uh, it. I have no focus on needing to fix anyone because there's not anything wrong with anyone. But if I'm playing with folks and 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 one of us has one of those deep clicking aha moments it means that if i keep playing i'll have all of the deep aha moments that i need and want to have so um it is it is a it's another one of those subtle shifts that you know i i i think you know answers a lot of questions of you know where are they and why don't they well could we get along with each other first And then maybe we could learn how to get along with other intelligent species on the planet, which I believe dolphins and whales are. Almost like having a whole alien species living in our ocean. Right here. We don't have to wait for their UFOs to get here. They're right there.
3: Horses? Have you ever looked in the eyes of a horse? Oh. You're in Texas, man. Yeah, I am. look into the eyes of a horse and tell me that that creature is not (coughs) infinitely intelligent. I'm sorry. I don't, you know, horses... Look into the eyes of a horse and just feel the strength of the spirit in a horse. That is or an intelligent. Any animal, any animal. animal, any animal uh, you're really right.
2: Any animal. Any and animal. But
3: I mean, that's just one of the ones that really struck me as being a really powerful, powerful being. Something that you know, I I can easily communicate with.
2: Oh, and um, but I uh, I don't believe that we can see. Easily, other creatures and other species and other civilizations. In that way, if we don't see each other that way, I just think that that it's like saying you can run and you never learn to walk. It, it uh, it's 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 one of the dominoes on the way. I think that needs to fall. And
3: that's uh, true. You know, when we can walk down the street, any street, and just. I I do this every once in a while and then people kind of think I'm weird but and just stop and just stare at the wonder that it is a tree is there oh. any plant so wondrous as a tree I'm fascinated by them um when we can all enjoy those moments and just breathe it in and go, oh, that is so cool. Wow. You're a tree and you're awesome. Um, And it sounds so lame, I think, to some people still, but I think there's a lot of people now who would understand exactly what I'm saying. And when we can view everything on our planet in that way, then yeah, we're going to have visitors because, you know, then they're going to be like, yeah, well, we want to come hang out with you.
2: We want to play.
1: When I first started giving, um, like spiritual talks and stuff back in 2005, um, that was one of the very first things that my guides had me say, was that the things that flow inside your veins are the same things that flow inside the universe and the same things that flow inside the tree and inside your kitty cat and inside everything. So you can't separate yourself from any of it. And that was the very, very first message that I got to give out was, was just that. You flow the same way as the universe. everything is that energy, and it all has the same potential. It's what you do with the potential that makes the difference. It's how you choose to use what you've been given
3: that makes the difference so i have i think cause we're we're running quickly out of time, which sucks. we gotta have you back on um, oh, okay. i yeah, you know what I, I <laughs> We're having you back on. We have to have you back on. Um, I think probably the biggest um, and best way to end this would be for me to ask you, how has this journey really changed and altered your own personal happiness level? Mm -hmm. I mean, compare to where you are now, to where you were and where you know you're going and how are you feeling about it? I mean, are you good? Are you good with where you are? I think for the time being, I am sort of at a crossroads.
1: Um not my first crossroads and probably not my last crossroads either. But um right now I can say that I'm fairly happy with the accomplishments that I made in my spiritual path. However you know, I still have a ton of stuff to learn, you know, I still get angry sometimes, I still have those moments where I'm like, you know what, this sucks, and I'm angry, you know, and I don't think that that means that I haven't progressed, it just means that there's still stuff that triggers me, and I should be aware of it, Um, so again, I look at that as an opportunity for learning, Um, where I started is, I used to be very violent, you know, I grew up in, in a situation, um, and I learned that that was a particular way, you know, anger and aggressiveness and that kind of stuff. And you know, I don't have that that level or that intensity or that burning that I used to feel. I've somehow managed to look at life and the opportunities that I'm being given instead of I, instead of getting angry. I look at the situation, and go, what am I supposed to learn? What is it that I don't currently have in my, you know tool bag, what is it that I, what is this opportunity about, you know, instead of getting really angry about it. Yeah, I might get angry for a moment or two, but that doesn't consume me any longer. It's something that's there, I acknowledge it, you know, and then I try to find a useful, you know, way to channel that into something healthy. And that's really all that we can do.
2: Mm.
1: Is to learn and to heal.
2: Each anger in each situation is really a gift-bearer.
1: In a certain way, yeah.
2: If you beat them in the head and push them away, because, you know, I'm a light worker. I'm not supposed to be angry. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Notice I I said it in my last... My plastic radio announcer voice, you know. Oh, no, never angry. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. British, the British, you know. Oh, no, no. Keep calm, carry on, stiff upper lip, pip, pip, cheerio. (laughs) Simply (laughs) dreadful, you people. It's dreadful. It's. Look, there's. I, I don't think you could take an Ascended Master here and drop him into somebody's septic tank and not have him go, Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Okay? There are some situations you're just not ever going to be able to look at and feel good about, perhaps. But you can feel good about yourself while you're looking at a situation that is less than ideal. And and, and then you can look at other things and not have to be stuck on, Oh, push that away.
1: And that's really the thing. It's about the discernment. It's about the learning. It's about the healing, you know, and they all go hand in hand. It's like you get hurt so that you can learn something and that teaches you discernment and that teaches you your next step to take your next step a little bit wiser. And really, that's what we're all here for. That's why we're going through the evolution that we're going through, the spiritual, emotional, mental, you know, evolution that we're all passing through right now.
2: And an amazing, amazing time it is. Wouldn't have missed it for the world, or Mm. the solar system even, really. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have to have a laugh somewhere in the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tuck it in right there. If
3: there's there's, uh, nothing else that we need to do, it's, it's we have to find a way to laugh during every show at least once or twice or three times or
2: a hundred. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we're not going to put a closed end limit on that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, listen, I want to express my uh, deep appreciation for uh, what you've shared with us and who you are. And, and, uh,
3: Huge monumental you know, I, appreciation.
2: I like to, I like to tell people I appreciate what you do, but, but I really appreciate what you be. Uh-huh.
3: Oh,
1: thank you. And, thank you. Uh, Much gratitude. Thank you for having me on your show.
3: Absolutely. Um it was, it, as usual, um, Mama it's an absolute, absolute pleasure. Um, my daughter was sad um that she couldn't actually listen to the live show tonight because we have an internet that only allows, you know, the kids can't be online during show night just in case it'll cut out. Um but um she will be listening to the recording, which is awesome, and um it will be available for a whole bunch of people now. If people want to find you where would they go other than the website that we're going to put the link up to on our...
1: Um, well, that would they be... They can him. go to the Tribe of Graha Superheroes uh, on Facebook, or they can go to my website, or they can go to my Skype, and my Skype is com, same as my uh, website. And I'm also on uh, YouTube as Mama Graha, And that... Will probably be a link, so <laughs> if you guys but, are but, interested
3: in
2: putting that link somewhere. <laughs> but really, gang, uh, go go visit Mama uh, at her website. It's just MamaWeb.com. dot com. That's with M O M M A and W E B B uh, dot com. And uh, I, I really enjoy how right down across the bottom she has little wooden chips. Uh, you, maybe they're round to it, uh, but anyway they. <clears throat> There's one for Facebook, one for Twitter, one for youtube, one for skype uh, I do the same thing or a similar thing, so easy to find you know if something has sparked your thoughts and 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 you think that uh chatting about it could it could be of assistance uh reach out, find somebody, find your community, find somebody that you can talk to without feeling crazy
3: absolutely, and just get connected
2: just see if you can't work on that everyday connection.
3: Mama, thank you. Blessings, Thanks. my love.
2: Um, Thanks for being here, everybody. Next week we have... Ooh. Uh, next week we have Jean-Pierre
1: Yes. Grégois, oh.
3: Oh. oh, wow, yes, the crazy
1: boy. Another
2: uh, fine Canadian who ah, uh, writes best. under the pen name of Sri Gone Too Far, hey. uh, which would translate roughly to Holy Man Who Has Gone Too Far.
3: We are so and, hoping that he goes too far yes on our show Um, so look forward to that because it's going to be fun
2: (laughs) it will so listen y'all have a great week we'll meet you back here Tuesday next
3: absolutely love ya bye
0: bye bye so you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted.
1: We promise to match any price on a like-loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com pricematch price match for details.
0: So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question.